Hello and welcome to the ETOF 21 Sports Podcast for June 2nd. How is everyone doing? My name is Eric and I'm the man behind ETOF 21 Sports. You can find my work on Twitter at ETOF21, on Instagram at ETOF21Sports underscore. We have a phenomenal show lined up for you today. My boy Jim, aka XFL Jim, he's going to come on. We're going to tell you what bets to lock in for the USFL. Nick at NAA Fantasy is going to come on. Him and I are going to give you a fantasy football preview of the Arizona Cardinals and Indianapolis Colts. And as always, Brandon, aka at Boston Boy 83 on social media. Him and I are going to tell you every single NASCAR bet to lock in. As always, the ETOF 21 Sports Podcast is sponsored by Sharps. Make sure if you aren't using Sharps, go to it. The best interactive betting app there is. Use promo code ETOF499. Link to that is in the description. Also, make sure to check out the ETOF21 Sports Show. If you're missing that, you're missing out a lot of free winners. Now, let's jump right into the show. Obviously, last night was game one of the NBA Finals. The thing with the NBA Finals is this, and I mentioned this during the ETOF 2-1 Sports Show when Kyle, a.k.a. the DFS Bachelor, is on when I was on That's What G Said podcast with Gino and on Fast Break Breaks with Gino. My worry with the Heat is the size, and we really saw that. They were constantly, the Nuggets, able to get Aaron Gordon down below. I know the Heat switched up. They started putting Highsmith on Joker, people are saying, whoa, that's going to be good. Dude, it's Joker, dude. Joker always figures everything out. My, Like I said, my worry with the Heat is the size. And I understand they can do stuff some defensively to make stuff hard for Joker and Murray. But no Kevin Love. Caleb Martin. The fact we got Caleb Martin at 6.5 for the unders of rebound at plus money was absolutely positively in-fucking-sane. Um, I don't know how much... We're going to continue this, but we have a great start for that Caleb Martin future of under 15.4 points per game. I just don't know how Spolstra is going to combat the size. Maybe play a little bit more Kevin Love, but I don't know. Kevin Love got banged up last game, so I really don't know how everything's going to plan out. And I know some people on Twitter are saying the Heat figured it out. Did they, though? Because the Nuggets seemed to get anything at will anytime they needed a bucket. KCP didn't play great. Porter missed some open looks. Gabe Vincent hit five threes. Gabe Vincent hit five threes and you lost by double digits. Bam played his best game in the playoffs. You lost by double digits. Just some stuff to remember if you're a Heat fan. But yeah, right now, I'm liking the Nuggets. It's going to be really hard for them unless something happens. For them not to win it, they're looking pretty good. The 20-1 to future is looking pretty good. It's going to be interesting to see the line movements already up to nine. If this gets up to double digits, I'm probably going to buy back on the Heat a little bit. In game two, but as of right now, I'm just kind of sitting out. Obviously, I'll be continue to be on those Kmart, Caleb Martin unders. Also, big news in the NBA, my Detroit Pistons signed Monty Williams to be their coach. I don't know. I'm not really a big Monty Williams fan, but they needed to get off the Dwayne Casey train. Is Monty Williams going to be able to elevate Cade Cunningham, Jaden Ivory, Jalen Duran, Isaiah Stewart, Killian Hayes? Is he going to be able to take him to that next level? I don't know. Personally... He would not have been my top choice. I really don't like all these recycled coaches. I kind of like what the Bucks did, going outside, getting A.J. Griffin, a guy that's been an assistant. I'd really like to see Chris Quinn, the guy from the Heat, or Sam Cassell from the 76ers. Those are the guys I would like them to go after, but obviously they didn't. We'll see how Monty's going to do. But Monty, his locker room kind of exploded. And we saw it. Two years ago, when they made it to the finals, there's all this stuff going on with DeAndre Ayton. You get to a game seven, you get embarrassed, and then Ayton got unplayable because he didn't want to try. You have these young players. How are they going to react to Monty Williams? Because the thing about the NBA is you have to be able to manage the locker room. If you cannot manage the locker room, you're really going to be up against it in the NBA. But that's my thoughts on the NBA. Now, let's jump right into it, and let's talk some USFL with our boy, XFL Jim. We have reached the part of the podcast where we're going to be talking some USFL with my boy XFL Jim. This part of the podcast is brought to you by Royal Retros. Jim, how are you doing today, my friend? I'm feeling real good. I got sunburnt to hell, dude. 
I'm getting, yeah, I'm a, little, I'm getting a big close up of my face right now. I am so I I have the uh, the sunglasses tan going on right now. I have an insane sock tan going on right now. Um, I thought I was going to die yesterday when I came home. I had the shivers. Um, I lost eight pounds from the time where I started work, where I came back. It was it was a lovely day. But we're not here to talk about Jim and I dying in the heat. We're here to talk some USFL. But before we do that, I wanted to bring up the sponsor of this segment and the sponsor of the best alternative football show in the world, Spring Fever, Royal Retros. This is the site. If you guys aren't using this site, you guys are missing out. This is how easy it is. Just click the USFL thing. Let's go down. All right, let's say you want this lovely showboat shirt. Click on the showboat shirt. You know what? Size XL. Add to cart. Boom. Thank you. Boom, boom, boom. Add to cart. Click up here on your Clark. Boom. Where it, And then go to checkout. After going to checkout, enter code SPRING. Fever. Bye. Boom, look at that. Boom! Discount for you folks, dude. Nice little discount for your folks. Please make sure you use Spring Fever. That way they know that Jimbo and myself sent you. And it's a great way to get some great vintage XFL, USFL, ABL stuff. I got an Arena League shirt. I cannot wait till it comes in and I can rock that. But we're here to talk some USFL. Real interesting week last week, Jim. Jim, what was your first, number one takeaway from last week's game? My friends? Number one takeaway is we're already, like, we have three weeks left, Eric. Everyone is still seemingly alive for the playoffs. There's not a team that is dead yet. Which is crazy. Um, there was this rumor going around that you broke on spring fever. I don't know if I, I broke it. Well, you broke it to me, Jimbo. On that okay, case. okay. Um that they could be going to a rule where you need a winning record to make the playoffs. I'm not, I'm, I'm, ag- I'm against that. I'm like, dude, you're in the freaking um, divisions for a reason. Don't have divisions. If you're not going to honor them, what, what's your take on it? I just like, obviously I could definitely see the USFL doing this. They love to fiddle around with rules, especially at the end of the season. We saw it last year with one that I think was universally loved with when we had the Maulers and the Panthers with the two worst records in the league. They were playing each other the last week. Guess what? The winner of that game gets the first pick in the draft. Like, I love a rule like that. It was spontaneous. It was fun. It was cool. This one, I kind of understand why they're doing it because they want the best teams in the playoffs. And specifically, when the South and the North have played each other, a lot of these games have been utter blowouts and not competitive. They Mm -hmm. want a competitive playoff race. I understand that. But I'm on your side, Eric. If you're going to do that, just don't have divisions. Why are you putting divisions in? Like, you don't have to have divisions in a league with only eight teams. You don't have to have it. So, I I agree. I think you could just go top four, make it in. I don't know if that would make it more interesting or not. Um, I would just scrap the whole idea of divisions if you're going to do that. Like, it's fine to not have divisions when you only have eight teams. That's totally fine. I'm fine with the XFL not having divisions. I'd be fine with the CFL not having divisions. It's okay with me. But if you're going to have divisions, if you're going to say we have divisions, that should mean something. Honor the divisions. Um, So we're going to be talking about the games. The first game, we have the Gamblers laying the three against the Maulers over under 42 and a half. What say you, my friend? Oh, my God. So, the Maulers, their offense looked better last week. I don't know if that's sustainable for them. Kenji Bahar played a pretty bad game, and the Gamblers still almost beat the Showboats. I'm rolling with the Gamblers here. I think this is still close enough that I'm just going to say, if I'm taking a close spread, if that's the difference between a close spread, I'm going to say South greater than North. Uh, it's it's The stats-wise, it's not even that comparable throughout the rest of the season. It's insane. I really want to take the Maulers here. I really want to, dude. I mean, I'm looking at it right now. If this gets to three and a half, that's my buy point for the Maulers. Right now, it's going to be a stay away for me. 
But if this gets to three and a half, I will be on it. It might. I, I could definitely see it getting to three and a half. Dude, it's a monsoon here right now. It is pouring. I don't know if you can hear it, but it's like a monsoon where I am right now. It's, um, not, it's not here yet. Hopefully, I mean, we're going to get rain tomorrow, I bet, and it's just going to ruin my day. Uh, next, we got the Stars getting six and a half. Money line plus 195 over under 45 and a half against the Stallions. Oh, Why by the way, in that last game, love the under. Love the under. Of 42 and a half. Yes, love Stallions. that. Love that. In my mind, are playing a little above their head right now, but so are the stars. Stars have been playing good. Um, Both teams hot. Both teams hot. To me, I trust the quarterback play of the stars better. It's hard not to. It's Case Cookies after all. And they seem to be peaking at the right time. And to me, this seems like way too many points. But I go back to the old, the old uh, analogy. The book is not your friend. They're not. And the South, like I'm going to go back to mine, South way better than the North, but that to me only applies to those close spreads. I think if this was under a touchdown, I'd probably be on the Stallions, but the fact that it's six and a half, I'm going to roll with the Stars. I think the way the Stars are playing right now, they could be extremely competitive. I actually also like the over in this game because I think both offenses are better than what both defensive have been showing. I'm going to roll with the stars plus the six and a half. I think they make it a game. I think they put on a show and I think they have fun with it. Yeah. I'd lean the stars. It just seems way too many points mm-hmm. to me. It kind of seems like the Michigan and um, New Jersey game last week, just too many points. Yeah. And I was on the wrong side of that one. So I want to be on the right side of this one. Next game. And this one seems like a trap to me. Showboats. Laying, getting two against the generals plus one Oh five on the money line. 41 is the over under. We have no idea what's going on with Deandre Johnson. He's not playing. He's not playing. I mean, I don't think he plays another down this season. How how many points is Deandre Johnson? So let's say Deandre Johnson was healthy. Would this be a three then? No, it'd probably be the same. Like, I think, I think we'll let us like Deandre Johnson's maybe a half a point. (laughs) Maybe. Maybe. Like, he's good. He has that extra bit with his legs, but I think Laletta is more than serviceable in, like, in his absence. I don't think there's that much of a dip. So but you're I, saying I, that'd be like a, it'd still be the same? I'd say be, it'd say maybe like a half point towards the generals still. Okay. Maybe. Okay. But remember, the generals are at home the rest of the season. They're, they're in Canton the rest of the season. Just chilling like a villain. So are the Maulers, baby. So are the Maulers. Um, I, it's hard for me to not just walk face first into this trap and say wrong team favored. I'm still, I'm going to do it. I'm going to take a shot on it. I'm going to take the showboat straight up. Call me a fool, Eric. Call me a fool. I will not call you a fool, but I'm leaning toward the showboats. Um, Next game. The Breakers. And the Panthers, the book we're looking at right now, it's Panthers plus three and a half, money line plus 140, over under 43 and a half. But one of Uncle Rico's favorite books has it at three, and he's on the Breakers minus the three. Yeah, Breakers minus three. If you find a three, Breakers minus three. I'm just fading Michigan after this one. I would still take the three and a half if that's all, like if that was the only thing available. I would take it up to three and a half. I'm not going to take a four. But I would take three and a half or three for the Breakers. Now, and the under in this game, too. Give me the under. Okay. I like that. Let me ask you one more question before I let you go. Let's assume for this part of the um, of the show that they don't change the rule changes. I'm looking at the standings right now. You want to see who I think is the playoff? I mean, who. Who are we looking at the playoffs? Realistically, the way they're playing right now would be the Stallions, probably the Showboats. The so you, don't think the breakers, you don't think the Breakers get in? At the way they're playing right now, no. They've been, they've been rough, dude. So Stallions, Showboats, Stars. 
with DeAndre Johnson out, I don't know, Maulers. It's either the Maulers or the Generals. I don't think the Panthers get in. I don't think the Panthers. And I don't think the Generals get in because I think the the Panthers have like a two game win. Like they have like two wins over them. I think. Really. Let me look at the. They played earlier. I don't remember who won that game because it was. It's been a fast season. Um. All right, so I'm looking at these future. I'm looking at the future market right no, now. No, the generals won, so they 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 broke. They're they're one and one. All right, so the stallions are three hundred three to one. Breakers are three seventy five to one. I mean, like they could very easily do it, but I they're they're five. one and one versus the. I'm just saying, if the breakers don't do something with how competitive the South is, they're not making it in. If they play like they've played the last three weeks, they're not getting in. I'm, I'm just blown away to see the Panthers plus 700. The, hey, they're second place in the North. They're I know. Three and four. Only, there's only a game, though. I'm just saying, like. I know. I like the odds on the Maulers. I, I like it just because they're a long shot. I think they can do it. The Maulers right now, if you're going to bet this, I would bet. The, I Like, honestly, just looking at this. I would bet the Maulers, and you know, I kind of, I'd probably get on the Showboat train. What's the, what's the Showboat's odds you're seeing? Plus seven fifty. Yeah, give me the Showboats. I mean, that's that's what I would do. Jim, I'd like to thank you for coming on. Why don't you tell everyone where they can find you on social media, my friend? You can find me everywhere at XFL Jim. I'm on YouTube. I got a, I got a couple of videos in the bank. I do some live streams here and there. You can find me with this guy every Wednesday night on Spring Fever. You can find me most Monday nights with our buddy Chase on the gymnasium. You can find me on videos on YouTube, Twitch, uh, you know, Twitter. I'm all over. And also, coming out next month. College football tailgate. The tailgate is going to be live. It is back! It is back. Season two. We're adding someone to the crew. Chase. We're having a threesome. I said it. You said it, dude. We're having a threesome. I'm a very sexual being, Eric. You know what, dude? I'm I'm like straight arrow Gennaro from that one movie, Necessary Roughness. You are the straight man in in, in this relationship that we have. <laughs> straight arrow Gennaro. <laughs> so make sure to check that out, guys. Jim, thanks for coming on. We will talk next week, my my friend. Damn right we will. Please check out my boy at xfl jim great follow live streams every single usfl game also we're going to be switching we're going to start covering some cfl stuff so make sure to check that out also please visit royalretros.com use promo code spring fever all one word if you're going to purchase some of their great vintage sportswear now let's shift our attention over to some fantasy football We've reached the part of the podcast where we're going to talk fantasy football and continue our team-by-team preview. And who better to come on the podcast than Nick, a.k.a. at NAA Fantasy. Nick, how are you doing today, my man? Great, Eric. How are you doing? Doing well, man. Doing well. You know, football yeah. season, it's ramping up. I'm getting excited. I mean, I kind of feel we're at the meat of bones now. We're kind of looking at teams, seeing who you want to target and everything. We got two interesting teams we're going to look at today. We're going to look at the Arizona Cardinals and the Indianapolis Colts. And the thing with the Cardinals is what the hell do you do with them? We don't know when Murray is going to be coming back. They drafted Paris Johnson, which I feel is a good pick. You know how I feel about offensive line. I feel you have to build from the inside out. They're probably going to move him to guard, which will improve the offensive line greatly. Which leads to the big elephant in the room, my friend. What are we going to do with James Conner? Conner averaged 15 points per game last year, fantasy points per game last season, which was the 10th best. He scored 202.5 fantasy points per game and finishes RB19 minutes, missing three games. If he played every game and maintained his average of 15.4, it would have finished as RP7. Are we drafting? Connor, Nick. Uh, this is a tough one for me because, you know, you and I both talk about, you know, guys hit their ceiling and then 
you know, there's a drop off afterwards. So, you know, I, I totally hear what you're saying. I like Connor. He's the only guy that can really do damage in that backfield that we've seen. Um, you know, but with Kyler being an unknown, um, when is he going to return? We don't know. Colt McCoy is probably going to be the starter. Um, you know, I can't see this team being in a lot of games right now uh, and, and having the ability to run the ball a lot to control possession and clock. Um, so Connor, he'd have to be really super efficient with his carries to do a lot of damage next season. And, you know, they did bring in a defensive coordinator from Philly to be the head coach. Um, but this defense really isn't that good. And I think they're going to struggle in games. And Connor's currently RB25 on Fantasy Pros, overall 66. Uh, that being said, you know, if you have a stud running back, you know, I could see him, I could see you grabbing him as like a low end RB2, but only because he has like the, he's going to get the lion's share of the carries. Um, Cause that's but, my thing with them. Like they have nobody behind him. You know what I mean? There's like nobody really there. You know, we talked about the bears last week, the bears got Herbert, your boy from Texas, um, Johnson, yeah. uh, Foreman. They have people there. Right. They don't have any like household names. The Cardinals don't have anyone there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they really have no one there. So I really feel it's, it's James Connors, backfield and i think it, yeah. kind of this go ahead i'm sorry no i mean it, it for sure is his backfield i just have problems with him getting enough opportunities because of the way i think the games are going to play out um due to them struggling that's the only thing if kyler's not there and he's not the starter i think that's gonna cause even more problems for connor so let me ask you this Okay. It's your pick. First round, you went wide receiver. Second round, you went wide receiver. Third round, you went running back. You're in round four. You need another running back. Cam Akers and James Conner sitting on the board. <laughs> Boy. Uh, that's a good question. That, yeah, like, the reality that's a good... that's going to be have it be the third or fourth round. Because in my eyes, Connor's going to be their running back if you go wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver, Travis Kelsey, something like that. Right. This is this this is the question like you're going to be facing yourself. And that's that's the strategy. Yeah, that's the strategy I'm talking about. Where it's you know he could be a low end RB two if you're if you got stud wide receivers you drafted and he's still there you can get him at as a as your as your RB two. You know, in my opinion, I, I don't think he's going to hit what he hit last year in numbers. And it's going to be, you know, he's going to end up like an RB3 type flex guy in points. So you're getting really good at this because you completely just avoided the question and moved on to a different point. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a politician. What can I say? <laughs> I'm so, going to go with Cam Akers. If, okay. I had to, if I had the toss up between Cam Akers or James Conner, I will answer your question. I will okay. go with Cam Akers. <laughs> now, I have no idea what to do in the wide receiver room here. Brown is a field stretcher, but Colt McCoy can't throw the ball down the field. Moore is a small guy, gets knocked down. Um, too small, in my eyes, to be an every week dependable guy. We're going to see it when the Cardinals are playing whoever. Oh, he's going to be the guy. you got to get him. He's going to break out. He always disappoints. He's He's four of 32 ran all over him every single week. Plus, you got my boy Dorch sitting right there. Are we targeting any wide receivers here for the Cardinals? <laughs> well, you bring up, you know, being small. Speaking of being small, I mean, all all three of their core wide receivers are 5'9", five, 5'7", five, and 5'7". They have no height in the wide receiving core whatsoever. James Conner is taller than their three wide receivers and uh Kyler Murray <laughs> so um you know I I just I just can't trust these guys when when they're down and having to throw the ball I mean yeah they're smaller speed speed guys 
but the accuracy has got to be there from the quarterback. And if they're going up for contested balls, I don't trust these guys to go up and get contested balls for, for big down the field shots. If they need to, if they're behind, I, I'm just, I really don't see the fantasy impact of these guys, even, even Hollywood Brown with DeAndre Hopkins going out and him being the number one guy. I could not stand him as the number one guy in Baltimore. And I still am out on him. Now, the tight end room to me is a bigger mess because you have Ertz. You traded all this capital for Ertz coming off a knee injury. Really don't know what he, he's going to come back. And then last year, you spec a, sp- spent a second-round pick on McBride, who was the top tight end in the class last last year. Could McBride be a sleeper, or is this someone, hey, you know, best ball guy, I'm just going to take him in the 12th round? I mean, what what is McBride this season? You know, I I think – McBride will get a shot mainly because Ertz, Ertz's injuries make me nervous. I mean, I don't think he's going to be healthy again. I think he's just going to be riddled with injuries and he's not going to be able to make a full impact. I think his days are over. Um, you know, these, I think McBride can get out there. I mean, this is what his second year, right? So yes. he's, you know, he'll be, I think he'll get way more action. Um, but I still see him as like a later round, later round guy, not making that huge impact. Um, you know, like a, like a Kelsey or, or Andrews or anybody like that. Now I completely agree with you. I think McBride will get a shot, you know, but it's just so hard to trust with like what's going on in the quarterback room. We don't know with, with, or when Murray will come back. And with the hype Caleb Williams is getting, who know, if they're in line to get him, maybe they just tank and just wait. You know what I mean? So, yeah, because Murray, I mean, even when he does come back, who knows how how healthy he's going to truly be? Now, targets. Who are you targeting for this team? I mean, I'll, I'll still target Connor if he's there you know, as a low end RB two, in my opinion, if you've got a if you've got a stud number one, I have, I really have no problem taking Connor as, as your RB two. Um, ultimately I see him as an RB three or flex. Um, I don't think he's going to get enough opportunities. I like Connor. I'm probably going to target him. He's kind of kind of be a guy I look to go after. And then also in terms of DFS, what I'm going to do is they struggled to stop the run last season and you lost their two best run stoppers. So they're going to struggle even more this year, I feel, to start stop the run. So when they play Seattle, you know, Walker, I'm going to be targeting him. Whoever's McCaffrey, if McCaffrey's hurt, Mitchell, um, Akers, you know, those are going to be the guys that I'm going to be targeting. I'm going to in DFS those guys that play against the Cardinals, just because I really think they're going to struggle to stop the run this season. And you also, you also actually make a great point, which helps my point out as well, is that they, they are going to struggle stopping the run, which also takes time of possession away from their offense and will give Connor even less opportunities. So now let's shift our attention over to the boom, 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 boom. Indianapolis Colts. Um, obviously, they drafted Anthony Richardson. Is he going to be a starter, or are they rolling with Gene Shorts, Minshew? And if they roll with Minshew, are we going to see Richardson this year, or do you think they're just going to send him out? Uh, you know, it's still too early to tell, but judging judging by the amount of development that Richardson is going to need to be truly NFL ready. I think Minshew starts. I mean, obviously he was with Shane Steichen in Philly, so they have that rapport already. So they're going to be together. Uh, he knows the offense, so he can kind of settle in and get that game and get that team moving. But I think he's still going to most likely struggle. And you could see Richardson getting thrown in around week four or five, especially if the Colts start like one or one and three, Oh, and four. Um, just, just because I can just see the, the fans chanting for Richardson, you know, after they lose, you know, two or three games early on in the season and he may get forced in there. I don't know. 
We'll see. I mean, I think I think the big word you used is development. Um, my thing with Richardson is he has all the physical tools in the world, but he really didn't look that good when in game situations against SEC teams. What yeah. is he going to do playing against the teams in the NFL? I don't know. The quarterback, excuse me, the coach has an insane history with Herbert and Hurts developing developing talent, but her Herbert insane work ethic, insanely talented. Hurts, same thing. Yeah. Does Richardson have that? We don't know. We're going to find out if he does. Yeah. But we it's still really, going to take a year. I mean, you really you know. don't know. Yeah. Now we're at the elephant in the room with the Colts. And I know you got bitten the ass by him last year. What can we expect from Jonathan Taylor? He was everyone's pl- top player on the board last year. He got hurt in the offensive line, which was, which, you know, we both had very highly graded in our ratings was a huge din- disappointment finishing the bottom half of the league. Will we see Taylor make a step forward to close to what he was when he had that historic season? Will he come? Will it be a little bit low? Like what, what are we going to expect from Taylor with the Colts not addressing the offensive line at all. Yes, you heard that right, people. A young quarterback, a young running back, and you didn't address the offensive line at all in the draft. You drafted Joshua Downs in the third round. So what what do we expect from Jonathan Taylor? So uh, I'll say it again, as I did in other podcasts, I'm, I'm in on JT this year. I know he bit me in the ass last year, but maybe he'll do it again, but I'm, I'm in on him. It's a contract year for him. He's an unrestricted free agent in 2024 and he's going to want to get that money. So I'm, I'm all about him. I also think with the coaching changes in Indy that when, you know, Richardson, eventually gets in there which i think he will jt's numbers are actually going to possibly get better because of the what we saw with miles sanders and philly with jalen hurts i mean it's just it's not just defenses focusing on one guy and stacking eight in the box against jt anymore it's going to be you got to watch out for richardson too possibly running the ball um and i think that's actually going to help jt a lot um It'll be interesting to see how it goes in the beginning of the year when Minshew most likely starts. Um, but I st- It's going to be really interesting to see like what happens. Honestly, I don't know what to expect from, um, from Taylor. I'm not that high on him. I mean, judging based on what you're saying, you look like you take him top half of the first round. If I had like, uh, let's say like number number five, number six pick, and a bunch of you know, let's say three wide receivers and and two running, uh, let's say I had number six, three wide receivers and two running backs go in front of me. Mm-hmm. Yes, I would take Jonathan Taylor. Um, see. I have 10. I'm not taking it before pick 10, dude. I'm just really worried about the offensive line. Yeah. Call me an old bullish man, but I'm really worried about the offensive line. Now, I mean, let me he ask still you had that. big numbers in a few games, even with that offensive line. I know. I know. But, I know. But my, my, my philosophy is this. Teams that invested in the offensive line are teams old Eric wants to invest in for fantasy football. I know, I know. That, that's and they didn't invest in their offensive line. They did not. Um, okay, third pick overall. Let's say Jefferson one, Chase two. You have the third pick, and Bijan Robinson is right there. So is JT with the third round pick. Who is Nick selecting? I, I'm picking JT. I'm not picking Bijan. Yeah. Sorry. I know I'm even wearing the oh. Texas shirt. And oh. I, I, don't get me wrong. I love Bijan Robinson, but I'm not. I'm still not. I'm not going with a rookie running back in in year one. Sorry. I would I would go with Bijan. I'm sorry, my friend. <laughs> um, 
in terms of wide receiver room, we got Pittman, Pierce, Josh, the worst pick of the third round downs. Who would you target, or are we just going to pass because of the quarterback situation? I mean, Pittman's currently sitting at wide receiver 23 on Fantasy Pros. Um, I got him around 25 on my board. For now, I'm staying away from Colts wide receivers. I mean, one, if it's Minshew at quarterback, I don't trust his consistency to get the ball to his wide receivers. And number two, if it's Richardson, I mean, obviously we've, we saw he has an arm, but his accuracy is super questionable. And I can't trust him in year one with a guy that needs, a, that, needs that much development. So, A, if the Colts are bad, which is a high possibility – there's going to be some positive game scripts, so they're going to have to throw the ball. For the, those people like listening, watching to this, what you need to do is pay attention to the preseason. Who is Richardson targeting? Who is Minshew targeting? Because pro- chances are they probably aren't targeting the same person. And yeah. whatever connection is there. So if Richardson starts targeting Pierce if or Woods, the tight end, or whoever – those who you, that's who you got to start to look at, and that's who you want to go to. Um, the tight end room, a little interesting. We're hearing reports that the, the coach likes Woods and has big plans for him in that offense. And the tight end was a thing with the coach's time as the OC in Philly. Is he worth a late round flyer if we miss out on the Kelsey Andrews of the world and we don't want to get on the Evan Ingram train again? Yeah, I I think Woods is definitely a late round flyer in my book. I mean, both either either quarterback that starts is going to need a security blanket, and that's going to be Woods um, at the tight end position. So I'm, um, you know, Minshew already knows the offense that Shane is running, so that could be honestly something in the preseason that we see a lot. The rapport that we see is between. Uh, quarterback and tight end so yeah I definitely think he's a he's a viable option as a later round tight end to pick up I like that I I like that I I would definitely look to target Woods especially if Richardson is going to begin a little bit of the run in terms of targets I mean obviously you're going with JT anyone else you're looking to target I mean, like I said, Woods Woods is obviously somebody that you could target later. Um, I, I'm really not targeting any um, any wide receivers at this time, though. If I were to target one, and this is just me thinking, I think I'm going to target Pierce. I just think Pierce is going to kind of be that guy that is going to be targeted by Minshew and by um, Richardson. Just because of you know him playing the inside, working across the middle, I don't think they're going to be looking to throw the ball to Pittman. I could be completely wrong. I have no analytical stuff. This is just kind of a gut feel that I have. Yeah, I agree with you there. I, I don't think I don't think Pittman's going to be a, a you know a top twenty wide receiver at all. Awesome, Nick. I would like to thank you for coming on the podcast. And talking some fantasy football next week, I believe we are going to the Oakland Raiders and the Los Angeles Rams. Oh, we can talk about Cam Akers. (laughs) Is that correct? Let me let me pull this up here. Um, I no, we're going Denver. And, um, yeah, we're going Denver and I don't, I don't know. We'll go Denver and the Raiders, Denver and the Raiders. That's who we're going to do in the same, in the same division too. Nice. Denver, Denver is going to be an interesting one. Well, actually Oakland's going to be interesting too. (laughs) Sorry, Vegas. Why am I saying Oakland? It's Vegas. (laughs) Exactly. My friend. Exactly. (laughs) I'm Nick, so old school. I think it's old Oakland. I, I called them Los Angeles the other day. I still call nice. them Chargers. <laughs> yeah. So, um, Nick, I'd like to thank you for coming on. I'd like to thank you for talking to fantasy football. When you tell everyone where they can find you on social media, you can find me at NAA Fantasy on Twitter. Thanks again, Eric. Always a pleasure. 
I'll look forward to talking to you soon, my friend. Please give my boy Nick a follow at NAA Fantasy on Twitter. Now let's talk some NASCAR. We have reached the part of the podcast where we're going to be talking NASCAR and who better to come on than Brandon, a.k.a. at BostonBoy83 on social media. Brandon, how are you doing today, my man? Good, man. Got rained out at the track last week, so didn't see anything in person, but it was nice to sit on the couch and watch us grab a top 10 and a winner all on the same day. Yeah, great call by you, by Blaney. Uh, what was that? 25 to 1. Insane call. Good job with that. Um, I think that is six winners. Six winners, not top 10s. We've hit four top 10s, and now we've hit six winners. So pretty good ROI if you've been following along on the show. My big question to you, you're a Chase Elliott fan. Yeah, I knew this was coming. Talk me through what's going on there, what you thought about the incident between him and um, – uh, Hamlin and was it the right call? Should Hamlin get suspended? Just your whole nine yards. As much as I hate to say it, it is a hundred percent the right call. Um, they have all this telemetry that can tell how much the steering wheels turn left and turn right at what point in time, how hard it was cranked on everything. When he came off of that wall, his wheels were dead straight. And then t- the telemetry showed that he just cranked hard left and even his answer after the race saying, oh, I can't hear you. Yeah, once you hit the wall on these things, you, you can't drive them. Uh, he let his temper get the best of them based off of what they did to Bubba Wallace when he intentionally wrecked Larson. You, you had to you, you had to suspend Chase at least a race um, to set the tone that no matter NASCAR's favorite driver, whether you're the worst driver, whatever, you're going to pay the same exact consequences for making a dangerous move on the fastest part of the speedway and right hooking a guy. Um, he destroyed his own car. If he didn't do it, he might've had a chance to stay in the top 10 fight for a win. It was a long race. It was early in the race. So uh, disappointed in his actions for sure. NASCAR made the right call a hundred percent. And uh, he's going to sit out this weekend and uh, now, he... go ahead. Why does someone like him get, suspended but it seems like Chastain's in something every single race and he never gets suspended Chastain looks more like a racing move and moving somebody out of the way or pushing them up the hill but when you hook somebody in the right rear and send them head on into the wall that's a huge risk of injury and we know from last year the type of injury issues they've had in this car um a racing incident he could have ran five six more laps and turned Denny pushed him up in the wall, gave him extra bump and wrecked him. And there would have been no penalty because like they say, Rubin's racing. But when you intentionally slam somebody, you're going to be suspended. But I will say this, Denny Hamlin getting on and crying immediately that they should park his ass. He better be suspended. Denny, don't act so innocent. The racetrack we're going to this weekend, you tried to run Chastine three laps down into the grass after he hit you. So you're not Mr. Innocent. You haven't intentionally tried to wreck somebody, not wreck somebody before. So this whole Hamlin cry, baby, I have a podcast now. I'm going to go on here and say his ass should be suspended. Like, get out of here with that. You've done it before. Chase is being penalized. Move on. That's it. Um, now we're at the gateway. This is only the second running of the gateway. Why don't you tell everyone how this track runs? It seemed like a lot of guys wanted to run the low line consistently last year, but the top started to get grip and you got a huge run off the corner. The straightaways are long. And uh, I just think it's a great racetrack for this style of car. We saw it last year. The racing was phenomenal. Logano won. And uh, I think we're going to see the same thing this year. You're going to see people starting low, but once the grip comes in, they're going to try and get that run off. Now, for me, I have three guys I like. How many guys do you have that you like? I have four. Possibly a fifth, but I got four. Okay. All right. So I only have three, so I'm going to let you kick us off, my friend. I will start off with the man himself, Ross Chastain. He ran well here last year, finished eighth. He was competitive. He's still first in point, still the most consistent. And uh, I, I can't go with it. Can this guy that's that consistent, I can't not go with him at a 14 to one odds. So starting right off with Chastain at 14 to one. My first bet, and I like Chastain a lot. I was looking at him. 
I did Kyle Busch 10 to 1. Led the most laps here last year was 66. Last eight races at this type of track, his worst finish. You know, sorry, he, he only has one finish over 12. So this type of track, been consistently good at these intermediate type tracks. I just think it goes to his racing style good. And I mean, look, you, we're wicking this. He led the most amount of laps last year. So obviously, you know, he is running. He has done well. And he does, to me, he seems to be running a lot better this year than last year. I like it. I'm going to slide over to Tyler Reddick, also at 14 to 1. Had a very dominating First, second run, first place, second place, first place, second place, third place. Did really good at Charlotte. Um, it seems like with his new team, it's taken him a little bit longer than we expected to get where he's at. But I finally feel he's ready to break through and grab his win this year, his first one. So I'm going with Tyler Reddick at 14 to 1. Now, I like that a lot. You know, a great price. Reddick has been running well. Um my next one is I, I took Truex 11 to 1, one at Dover, fourth at New Hampshire, led 122 laps. Six last year here, led 42 laps. Um, fourth best average finish at intermediate tracks. Again, we don't have a big sample size to look at this track, so we kind of have to look at the track type. With what Truex has done in this track type, and I'm getting 11 to 1, makes sense to me. So I'm going to lock that bad boy in at 11 to 1. And like we've talked about, grabbing somebody like a Truex to anything 10 or higher is, is a huge uh, huge odd for us to be able to grab them at that. Um, I'm going to go down to somebody that I don't think a lot of people are going to look at this week, but I'm going Alex Bowman at 35 to 1. I don't see his back being an issue. He just ran the 600 without any problems. They had Josh Berry sitting, waiting in case uh, Bowman had to get out of the car. So running 600 miles with no back problems at that kind of track. I think they've got him cushioned in here, Vegas-wise, at 35-1, to 1, because they think it's going to take time for him. The man runs well. We did this last year with him when he was sitting at 40-1, to 1, and both of us raised our arms like, why is that guy 40-1? to 1? Yeah. I think it was Dover or somewhere, and he won. So seeing another Alex Bowman at 35-1 to 1, after running the 600, doing well, and coming to a track like this, I like those 35 to one odds and I'm hoping to cash in like we did last year with these awkward odds on Alex Bowman. Yeah. It seems a little weird. We're seeing him such a big price. Hopefully Bowman can get it done. And you're right. Like when he's healthy, he's one of the better, better guys out there. And I think because of the injury and stuff, I think that's why he's a little bit of a higher price. Um, my last one, going back to the top tens, I love these effing top 10 bets turning into my top 20 when I went and let LaJoy run a couple years ago. I'm going with Justin Haley, nine to one. Okay, so this runs a lot like Darlington. Last two races at Darlington, he finished third and eighth, top 10. 14th last year here. I'm taking a big shot at a big price. I'm seeing nine to one. It just makes sense to me to do this when historically he's done well at this type of track. Again, this is, you know, what I'm playing this week just because. The track type success, Haley fixed under that umbrella, Justin Haley, nine to one top 10. I like it. I've got a couple top tens and then a giant long shot. Um, uh, I'm going to go with Corey LaJoy, top five. He's replacing Elliot. He's done, like we used to bet on him to finish in the top 20 and make money off of him. And mm -hmm. even in his Spire car, the number seven, that is terrible equipment. He's been racing really well. This is his opportunity to get in a Hendrick Motorsports car and accelerate his career. This is like his one good time to be able to try this. And if he pulls it off, it's going to set him up to be able to get out of Spire Motorsports and with a good team in the future. And he's sitting at 14 to one for a top five. So that's going to be my top five pick with Corey LaJoy. The guy replacing Corey LaJoy in the number seven is Carson Hosevar. He's been dominating trucks. He stepped in for Xfinity twice and has run very, very, very well. This will be his first cup start, and he's sitting at 9-1 to one for a top 10. I like it. If I feel he's got way more talent than LaJoy, and if LaJoy's been able to do this well in that number 7 car and you're putting this kid with talent in there, it's his first start, so it could be hit or miss. But Carson Hosevar at 9-1. to one. I don't see this happening, but if there's something crazy happens and he's near the front towards the end of the race, you have Carson Hosevar 
sitting at 500 to one in the number seven car. If you were to somehow pull this off, it, you, you're going to have to have cautions. Like it's going to have to work out perfectly, but with how talented that kid is in the trucks, two starts in Xfinity, it's some, as crazy as this season's been, if something were to happen and he's running in the trucks, he's running in the Xfinity and running in the cup, he's going to have the most track time out of everybody at Gateway this weekend. So my big long stretch at 500 to one is Carson Hosevar. This is me off. I'm looking at our NASCAR league right now and he's not listed as a C driver. Come on, drivergroup.com. Get your shit together. I love that's a, that's a hot take. Okay, Stephen A. Smith, I see you. Um, Jesus, dude, he's in the race. Get him out there so I can save my tie. Um, Ty Dillon starts. Um, anyone else? You mentioned you may have a couple more. Yeah, no, I think that's it. Um, I'm still liking Ty Gibbs sitting around forty to one. Like he, he, he's running top ten during the race. He's not having the best finishes, but he's sitting at forty to one. If you he guys ran good seen. last week, got into yes. a little bit of a trouble. Um, was in a position to finish good. Um, you know, got a text from one of our friends we used to do some NASCAR with who has invested on him, but unfortunately for him, it broke the wrong way. Um, yeah, what do you think of him and his running this year? I like it. You're a rookie. And if you look at the other rookies, Noah, th- those guys, like, not getting it done. Um, Todd Gilliland, same thing. But it also goes back to look at the equipment. You got yeah. this rookie and Joe Gibbs equipment with good talent running in the top 10. You've got Noah in legacy motorsports that can't even crack a top 10. So I'm telling you guys, even though this car has brought teams together competitively, there's still a huge gap in performance based on, based on the product of car. Um, Brandon, I'd like to, Thank you for coming on and talking NASCAR. Make sure to give Brandon a follow at BostonBoy83. We're working out some deals where you can get a little bit of sponsorship. Um, Once we get that, if you guys could make sure you do that, that would greatly help Brandon and I. We'll be back next week. Hopefully we can get two winners in a row. Best of luck, my friend. Cast some tickets, ladies and gentlemen. That's it for the podcast, guys. Please make sure to give my boy Brandon a follow at BostonBoy83. Great dude. Knows his stuff. Please Give him a follow. He's going to be doing a lot more AI racing. Also, thank you to the guests, Brandon, Jim, and Nick. Make sure to give them all a follow. Also, thank you to the sponsor of the podcast, the Sharps Betting app. Download the Sharps Betting app. Use promo code ETOF499. We'll be back next week. Also, the ETOF21 Sports Show is live this Tuesday. Make sure to check that out. Let's cash some tickets. Let's make some money. Until next week, boys and girls.